on page 15 in Sif Gimel of the Mimer. And just to recap, we explain more in Sif Beis what Abraham explained and clarified to the people who passed by his tent. That everything that Hashem created in his world was within his Rishus, in his domain, his dominionship, in his dominion, in his, in, in his power, in his control. Except for a person's choice. A person has free choice, and Hashem in his great kindness imbued within the nature of our brains to understand what's good and what's bad, but we still have the ability to choose bad. But everything else is within Hashem's power. Whatever Hashbo we get is all from Hashem. Also, Avram explained, Avram Bino explained, Hashkocha Pratis, how Hashem is involved and orchestrates everything when it comes to our parnasa, our sustenance, and everything that is required for our existence. With no difference between the higher creations and the lower creations, Hashem worries about every single detail, every single minute detail of creation. He also explained um, that regarding Inyane Lukus, it's possible to have a Haskalavasaga understanding. And there's different levels. Sai Mitzad the Musogis, the concepts you're trying to understand. There's more abstract ones, more lower ones, which, which lend more to understanding. And then there's also Mitzad the Masigim, the, those who are understanding. Some people's brains are more refined and able to understand higher levels, and some people's are less refined and more Magusham, and therefore not as sensitive to understand higher concepts. Um, and also, besides this, so there's different levels in the Masigim. A person could understand something in his brain. He has a very good brain. He can understand very deeply. And sometimes a person can't get the idea with such a Hasaga a good understanding. But when you explain it to them, even though they don't understand it, they still admit this is the truth. And this is what is all explained in the Moshe, in the Divri Chazal, it says, You didn't eat from mine, you ate from Hashem. And then he explained to them, that Hashem is the creator of the worlds, and also the way of the creation is through Hashem's speech, which means that all the worlds are totally insignificant because they're created just from an external diminished revelation of godliness, which is compared to speech. And he explained to them that Hashem is Mashkiach, he watches over, conducts, orchestrates everything in creation, not just like a king or a minister, which rules over his the people of his nation, which is totally different because the king, he is able to give over things which can help a person's life, but he can't go give life itself, whereas Hashem gives life itself. To explain the difference, Hashem is literally the God of everything, meaning He gives you life, not just things which can help your life, He gives you life. He gives us our sustenance in the right time, and that's what it says in the Chazal, from Hashem you have eaten, meaning that which He prepared for you in, with His Ashkach HaPratis, Divine Providence, and therefore, like it continues, because you realize all these amazing things, Hashem is Ashkach Pratis, divine providence, individual providence over every single detail of creation, over your parnasa, you should admit and you should praise and you should bless the one who said and the world came into being. These are three different groups here. There are those people because of the depth of the concept of what Ram was trying to explain to them and also because of their inability of their minds to grasp it. So they only admitted hoidu. They admitted to the truth of it because they couldn't grasp it in their minds. And then there was people that they had a better understanding and they were able to grasp the ideas that Rome explained and therefore, they praised him because anyone who praises somebody has to have somewhat of an understanding of the greatness of that person that he's praising or the entity that he's praising. 
And there's even people on a higher level that only they're able to understand these godly ideas very well. They're even able to explain it to others. And that's what it says about Eliezer, um, domestic Eliezer, the Shadoyle Umashke. He was able to absorb the Torah from Abram and give it to drink, meaning give it over to others. And that's what it implies, Borchul Misham bless, and to draw down, to explain it to other people. So seemingly the Iker here is regarding the of Pirsim Malikusa, Avram's ability, the fact that he was a revealed godliness and he publicized the Shem within the whole world, was the fact that he explained it to, every, to everybody and the idea of godliness in Hasaga Davka, in, in a way you can understand it and appreciate it in your human intellect. So what does it matter the way, meaning that the specific way that he's Mepharsim Malikusa is through the Eishel, Achila, Shtila, Levoya, eating, drinking, and escorting, or another way. Meaning, being that the main thing is the idea of Asaga. It doesn't matter how he did it, how he accomplished it through the Eishel. L'chayda, the main thing is just that he gave over a true understanding of divinity. And that's why there's many Hasharis, uh, many warnings about this idea. The Torah forewarns you and tells you, instructs you, You should know Hashem, take it to your heart. Know the God of your fathers. That means that there has to be a Das Asaga and And that which it says, though, however, the Pasuk says, He planted this Eishel, and that's how he would cause people to call out in the name of Hashem to publicize divinity. That implies that even the oifen, the way that he was mefarsim, is important, is also a main part here, essential. So that's where we ended off. Sif Kimmel. Achainin. So to explain this, and before we get into the actual explanation of why the oifen of the pirsim that was through Aisha was important, he goes and digresses into another concept, a akdama, a preface in order to understand this. It's known that the bringing into being of the created world, is through, is by way of the ten spheres of Atzilus. Atzilus is Meloshan It's a world, a godly world, which is totally, just a, totally close to Hashem and senses godliness in a real way because it's just a Atzilus, like the word implies, just a revelation of that which is concealed. Hashem has ten koichis. They were hidden within its essence, and he revealed them in the world of Atzillus. So the world of Atzillus is not really, in a certain sense, not a new creation. It's just a revelation of that which was already concealed, whereas the worlds of Briya are one category of created worlds, where the first concept of Yesh starts by them, the feeling of self, of a being have its own, having its own identity. That is what started in the world of Briya. So therefore, the bringing into being the creation of these worlds of Briya comes about through the channeling of the divine energy through the ten spheres of Atzilus. So, and how, how do we see this? That this is true. Like they say, just say, through ten utterances, the world was created. What do these ten utterances refer to? Refer to, they refer to the ten spheres of Atzilus. So, the ten utterances parallel to the ten spheres, each utterance parallel indicating another sphere. And through the divine energy being channeled through these ten spheres, the worlds were created. So now, how do we see the ten utterances connect to the ten spheres? The first statement of Hashem, let, let there be light, the first utterance is showing upon, indicating, symbolizing the sphere of Chochmah of Atzilus. The first of the ten spheres, the Chochmah, how, how is Chochmah hinted to here in the idea of Oyer of light? The Chochmah, because Chochmah is light. How do we see? Like it says, the fool goes in darkness. Aksil and a fool who is opposite of a wise man. So we see that the fool goes in darkness, and the opposite of the fool is wise. Therefore, it must be that wise 
has to do with the opposite of Cheshach, of, of Oyer. Hariya Chochma hi Oyer. So we see that Chochma is Oyer. So therefore, the first of the ten utterances of Hi Oyer relates to the sphere of Chochma. Vehirikia, the second utterance, that let there be a firmament, who sphere has a Bina, refers to Bina. How do we know that Bina refers to Rikia? Rikia refers to Bina. On tops of the heads of the angels called the Chais, there was a firmament like ice, like this awesome ice, above the heads of the Malachim. The Malachim always referred to, the angels always referred to the Midois, like Michol. Michol is the Malach of Chesed, Gabriel, Malach of Gvura, Rafal is Tiferes. And so on, and above all Rashi above the heads of the Chayes, there was this Rakia, this firmament, like this awesome ice. So, therefore, above the Midas is always Bino, which gives rise to the emotions, the Midas. We do Ashu Bino. It's known in explaining Kabbalah that this Rakia and a Kerech is Bino. The Kerech, so now, how do we connect this idea of this firmament of uh, awesome ice to Bina, the Kerech Hu Aglidumaya, because the whole idea of ice is when the water congeals and becomes frozen. The Teva HaMaim Hu because the natural nature of water is to be mispashit, to expand. Whereas the idea of ice is when the water becomes congealed and freezes and it, sta- it stands like a frozen wall without having this Teva Vispashtus of expansion. And that is the same idea we're going to explain now of Bina. Bina is when the concept which you have come up with through the flash of Chachma takes on true definition. And now it doesn't have this expansion anymore. It's become concrete in your mind and all the details and all the explanations. Whereas Chachma is still just like the initial flash of the concept which can be developed in many different ways. But by Bina is where now it's kind of become frozen the way that you understand it. In a specific way that you understand, it's frozen that way. So that's why rakia, which is this idea of kerach, this firmament, or it becomes firm. That's what the concept takes on a concrete form to it. And that's the idea of bina. We'll understand this more through understanding chokhm bina in the powers of our soul, the faculties of the soul. The the soul powers of chokhm bina, the chokhm inyonam the general idea of Chokhmah is this creative insight that a person has. He comes up with a new idea. And it's expressed in your mind in just a single point of the whole concept which is included within it, just like a seed which includes the whole potential for the whole plant. This point, this flash of Chokhmah is the initial creative insight which includes within it the whole, the point, the essential point of the whole concept. And its nature is just to, to flash like a spark within your mind. And that's why you experience it in a way of a flash of Chochmah within your brain. The whole idea of a flash of lightning is that it flashes, it reveals, and then it becomes concealed again. The lightning is very quick. It's just a flash. And the same is true in this initial flash, this um, insight of Chochmah, which flashes in this essential point of the whole concept. At this stage, it's still... Even though it becomes revealed in your mind, but it's still misalim, it comes concealed again. It's still unclear yet what the concept really means. When you have this experience of this creative insight in your mind of Chokhmah, you could have two opposite logics together, two opposite concepts together in this Amtsa, in this Nakuda, which is one idea, but there's two opposites still here because it's not yet defined yet, it's not yet concrete. 
there can be two opposites still here in this initial flash. Obina, whereas Bina, Inyana, Hasaga. Now you've come to a true comprehension, a grasping of the concept. That's when this uh, initial insight, this flash of insight you have in Chokhmah becomes limited and takes on a definition and a specific becomes a specific svara now. So it becomes concrete, it becomes frozen, so to say, within your mind in a specific way. Whereas Chokhmah is still agile, it still has the ability to, to be expressed in many different ways. So v'chein hu b'sfiras alienis the Chokhmah bina, the same applied to the supernal sfiras of Chokhmah bina, the yihi oyir hu Chokhmah, that the statement, the utterance of let there be light, that refers to Chokhmah, v'yihi rikia, let there be a firmament, which refers, which refers to this, when the oyir of Chokhmah becomes firm, so to say, takes on a concrete seer, that's Bina. Now we see how the ten utterances, the first of the ten, two ten utterances, we've explained how they relate to the first two of the ten spheres, Chachma Bina. Another statement of the sages that implies this idea that the creation of the world is through the ten spheres, that through ten things, Hashem created His world. Through wisdom, through Chachma, through Bina, through Das, through power, through um, shouting, it goes on to enumerate all the ten spheres. And it quotes, how do we see that Hashem created the world through all these ten ideas? And it quotes the verse, Hashem established the earth, created the world through Chokhmah. And then it says, In that same verse it says, And He fixed the heavens through Tvuna, through Bina. And in general, all those ten things through which Hashem created the world, refer to the ten spheres of the world of Atzilus, which bring into being the created worlds of Biyah. So now that we've established that the ten spheres are the channels through which the worlds are created, seemingly it's not understood, it's known that the ten spheres of Atzilus are literally godliness. Like I said before, Atzilus is a world which, like, it name, like its name implies, it's from the word atzilus, something very close to divinity, because it's just a atzola, just a revelation of that which was concealed within Hashem's infinite essence. These ten powers that were hidden within Hashem, the esosphidus agnusis, how they become revealed in the world of atzilus. So it's not a new creation, in a certain sense. It's just a revelation of that which was concealed. So atzilus, and the ten spheres of atzilus, including the ten spheres, are also, they're just within this realm of elikus mamish, totally close to Hashem's very essence. Like the Kunei Zerah puts it, that Hashem, in His very essence, in His infinite essence, and the divine energy of the world of atzilus is one, and Hashem, in His very essence, with the kalim of the world of atzilus are one. So, Sai, the Oyer, and Sai, the Kli, of the world of the spheres of atzilus are one with the infinite essence of Hashem. So this, therefore, the ten spheres of Atzilus must be the Kosmamish, if they're totally one with the Eidin Seif. Whereas, on the contrary, the created worlds of Briya Tzirasiya, they come into a Mitzias Yesh, they become an actual existence of a Yesh that feels its own existence, feels its own identity. Therefore, the question is, how can it be that from these ten spheres of Atzilus, Shehem of the Kosmamish, which are literally godliness, this we brought about from them the created worlds of Biyat Tirasia, Shehim Balik Vul, which are limited worlds of Yesh Vidavar, Niradi Niframilikus, and they are Yesh Vidavar. They're an independent existence which feels its own being. And the, this existence seems like something separate from godliness. So, how could it be that from something so godly, which is literally godly, there should come about an existence, an entity, the worlds of Biyah, which are totally opposite of that which creates them? An a entity, an existence which is limited, 
opposite of its source, which is unlimited, an existence which feels itself, which is opposite of its source, which is just bottle, doesn't feel itself, and something which totally seems like it's totally nifrit, separate from godliness, where it's being clo- created from something which is totally godly. How could it be, bring about something separate, feels itself separate from godliness? And when we say that the bringing into being, these habus of the worlds of Biyah, are, in, are from the ten spheres of Etzilis, we say that that means, what does these habas imply? That means a way of creation of Yashmi Ayin, of something from nothing, meaning that the creation has no comparison whatsoever to the source of that creation. That's Yashmi Ayin, whereas Yashmi Yash, each one has a direct relationship with, the, or, or with its source. The Yash has a direct relationship with its previous Yash, the higher source. So here we're saying that the creation of these f- created worlds of Biyah are brought about in an opposite theme, an opposite way from its source. And the way of creation of these, the way of creation of the worlds of Biyah is in a way of Yashmi Ayin, that they have no relationship with its source. But how can that be? The source is godly, and that which is brought about from that source is totally not godly, the opposite of its source. How could that be? Now, even though that even Chochma itself also is, um, which is the, the first of the ten Svitas, is also created something from nothing, from godliness. So seemingly now we're saying here, if the ten Svitas are already uh, Yesh, they're already their own existence. So that would make sense if they're already a Yesh. Therefore, there stems from them, derives from them another Yesh of the worlds of Biyah. So that would make it more sense, that would make it more logical. But we're going to say that the way that the Yashmi Ayin of the Tzfiras of Atzilis is, is in a totally different way of Yashmi Ayin of the uh, worlds of Biyah. And therefore, the question is still a question. How can we say that the worlds of Biyah are created in a totally opposite fa- manner than the, their source of um, the Ten Tzfiras of Atzilis? So even though the Chachma, which is the first of the ten Sefiris, is also in a way of Yashmi Ayin, like it says, implied the deeper meaning of the verse, Chachma, the sphere of Chachma, comes from, is found from Ayin, from nothingness. So we see that it's the way that Chachma is created, that the way that Chachma is created is brought about from Keser, which is the level of divinity which transcends the chain of creation, who is similar to the idea of the concept of creating of something from nothing. So Chachma, which is a defined Sfira, compared to that which is higher than Chachma, which is basically simple divinity before it has any definition, the only way to bring about Chachma, defin- this defined Sfira, is through a Yashmi'ayin, a, a creation of something from nothing, which has no meaning at very, very far distance between the creation and the source of that creation. Because Kesser is totally unlimited and undefined, as Chachma is defined. So in a certain sense, the spheres of Atilas, they are a yesh. Even though we just said that they're just the Gilea Helen from that which is beforehand, but in a certain aspect, they are a new creation because compared to the Aryan Safe, the true infinite essence of Hashem, these are now defined finite entities. So therefore, we call them a Bria Yeshmi'ain. So what's the difference though between the Yeshmi'ain of the worlds of Biyah, the created worlds, or the Yeshmi'ain of the spheres of Atilas, which are like Kosmamish, like we said? Besides the fact that the yeshes, that the entity of the spheres of Atzilis is totally dissimilar to the entity, the yeshes of the creations within the worlds of Biyah, totally different way of yeshmi'ayin. Even if you'd say yesh, it is yeshmi'ayin, but it's the yeshes of 
of Atzilus is a totally abstract and a lot more spiritual yeshes than yeshes of Biyat. Meaning to say that the yesh of Atzilus, even though it's considered a yesh compared to Hashem's essence, nevertheless, it is literally godliness compared to the lower levels, the created worlds. From the perspective of the created worlds, we look up to Atzilus and they say, this is literally godly. Even though compared to Hashem's essence, these are defined levels, and therefore they're yesh, they're a yesh, but compared to the lower worlds of Biyad, we would call them alikos mamish. Hine levad zeis, besides this idea, the difference between the yesh and etzal and the yesh nevira, hine mashem over makimacher, that which explains in other places, in chesidus, the klolos as a zeirisim yesh miayin, that in general all the ten spheres are created in a way of yesh miayin. Hakavona bezehu, the true intent in this is, not in the regular sense of understanding yesh miayin, Rather, the Esos It just implies that the ten Sfiris are just the external ray, a diminished, contracted ray of godliness from the infinite essence of Hashem. But not that they are a literal new creation from Hashem, like the world's Biyah are. Rather, they're just an external, diminished, contracted ray of divinity compared to Hashem's infinite essence. And therefore, the Sfira of Chokmashihi, Sfira Rishenam, which is the first Sfira. Turning the page, Venikras, Reishis, and it's called Reishis, like it says in the verse, Reishis Chokma. The Toya Reishis made of the Hevdal Muflug. And then when we call something Reishis, that implies that whatever we're calling Reishis is something Hevdal Muflug. So different, uncomparably different, and a wholly, totally different realm. So Reishis implies something, a Hevdal Muflug. A flog means a very, very separate from. Um, anything else which comes after it or on a lower level than it. So, just to go back for a second. So therefore, the Sfira of Chachmah, the way, being that the way that it derives from the Oyrein Saif is just a Ha'ar Ba'alma, but not a truly new creation. So therefore, it's the Sfira of Yishen, it's called the Reishis, which implies that it's very, very high above everything else. So this is the difference between these descriptions when we describe something as Rishen, the first or, or the beginning or Kedem, primordial, and also the description of Rishis, the difference between these are the description we say, that implies that whatever this level is, which you're describing, is first, meaning it comes before the second level, which comes after it. Meaning to say that it has certain shaykhis, a yachas, to the level which comes after it. But whereas Rishis implies, it's totally it's totally removed from that level, from, ever, from whatever level comes after it, and to the extent that it has no relationship to the level that comes after it. And so we can apply this to the amazing removedness from of that's why it's called Reishis, compared to the Sphiris which come after it. That's why it's called Reishis, to indicate, to show on the amazing Maila, the amazing quality of of Chokhmah compared to all the other Sviris. So even so Chokhmah is called Rishis, even though we're saying that it's created Yashmi Ayn, which doesn't mean the literal sense of Yashmi Ayn, but in a way of Ora. But in truth, even Chokhmah is called Ayn. It's called Ayn in the sense where it's it's so high that we can't it's we can't appreciate it, we can't understand it. So that's why uh, in another place in Chesedus it says, the Chachma derives directly from the Ayin because of that closeness to the, the Chachma has to the Ayin, it, it itself is called Ayin. 
and that very fact that it's the first of the ten sefiris, closest to divinity, to the essence of Hashem, therefore it's also ayin. It's totally above the realm of our comprehension of being revealed to us, to the created world. So this is what it means when we say that general ten sefiris are, are created yesh ayin, something from nothing. It's just coming to negate she'ein on yesh yesh, that they are not brought about in a way of yesh yesh, of one existence to another existence. Like this is true when it comes to ilva'ol, cause and effect. From the essence of the cause comes about the effect. Like for example, intellect and emotions. That the way that they relate to each other is in a way of cause and effect. They have a close relationship. That means from the essence, from the very essence of the intellect, brings about the essence of emotion. They have a inherent, a deep connection between with each other. And this is true with the supernal spheres. Because the soul powers are direct descent, a chain, a chain-like descent directly from the spheres. That whatever is true within our soul, that the meichin and midas relate to each other in a way of cause and effect, it must be true also in the spheres of the So, the fact that we call the ten spheres yashmi ayin. It's not in the literal sense of Yashmi'ayin, of a creation of nothing from something, of something from nothing. It's rather just coming to negate that it's not in a state of Yashmi'ayin. Chokhmah, the way it comes from Oyerin Tzayif, is not a Yashmi'ayin. It's not a direct descent. It is a, a like we said before, it's just a Ha'orba Ba'alma, Me'erin Tzayi a external, diminished, contracted ray of divinity. So it's really not bringing out the same idea of Yashmi Ayin that in the created worlds of Biyah bring about. It is truly an existence which is had no source beforehand. Whereas the Yashmi Ayin here is that, no, this is just an external diminished ray that already was included within Hashem's essence. Whereas the created worlds of Biyah never existed, that, that, that entity never existed beforehand. So therefore, um, the way that the Yashmi Ayin of the Ten Sefiris is different than the Yashmi Ayin of the created worlds, and therefore you can't say, ah, the ten spheres are yesh there are therefore they're already a yesh, and therefore they can be the source for creation of these worlds which are a yesh. No, the way that they're created, they're just a diminished ray directly coming from the infinite essence of Hashem. And therefore, how can that infinite, that ray of divinity from the Eidin Saif be the source for creation of worlds which are totally opposite of that ray? So, Amnam, however, this is all applies within the chain of descent, meaning this idea of meaning from the sphere of Chachman below and downwards, and all the spheres below it, which are all, they descend from each other in a yesh like in the soul, intellect and emotions, both of them are already in existence, they're their own entity. Even though there's no comparison between the level of the existence the level of emotions, the level of intellect, they're very, very far from each other. Seichel being so much higher than Midas, which Seichel's a lot higher, more amazing, removed level than Midas. But nevertheless, still, Seichel is, is still a Mitzias. It's an existence. So therefore, it's a Yash Miyash. And the general revelation of Seichel into Midas is in a way of a cause and effect, chain of descent, Yash Miyash, one existence to another existence. But But when we're talking about the creation of the ten spheres of Atsilas from Hashem's very essence, that's brought about in a way of Yashmi'ayin. 
But what kind of yeshmiyin are we talking about here? Not the regular sense of yeshmiyin. It's just a external, diminished, contracted ray of divinity from the Eden, say from the infinite essence of Hashem. But not the actual essence itself. It's just an expression, extension of that essence, how it's become diminished and contracted. But not in a sense where it's a literal yeshmiyin. This is an existence which never existed beforehand. The oyer of the spheres already existed and was called ba'atzmusi. It was included within Hashem's essence. And now... That oyer has extended out and become contracted and condensed, and therefore been able to be the source of these ten spheres. But it's not a literal yeshmiyat. Because the oyer of the ten spheres, the way that Hashem created the ten spheres is just from ha'arba alma, therefore I, I am Hashem, I've never changed. Which means in the deeper sense, there's no change in Hashem before the creation of the ten spheres, after the creation. Why? The creation involves just like when a person creates something. He invests his whole self into it, and therefore he changes the state of how he was before the creation, the state where how he is in the moment when he's creating, and how after he's created this thing, or he's made something, is totally different. By Hashem, he never changed before creation, after creation, during creation, it's always the same. Why? Because the energy which he extends from himself to create is just an external condensed ray, which has no comparison to the Atzim itself, and therefore is not and is not on the be'erich to be able to be poil any shini in the etzim. It doesn't have the ability to change, make any change within the essence, because it's just the external ray. Just like the ray of the sun has no effect on the sun itself. If the ray reaches the earth or it's blocked by clouds, it doesn't change the essence, the essence of the sun itself, because it's just the external ray, which has no comparison to the essence, which is not the case when we're, coming, we're talking about... Um, yeah, so that's the idea of the how, why the, the creation of the Tensefides don't create any, don't bring about any change within Hashem because it's just the however now returning to what we said before after all this still the ten spheres even though we do say that they're created from essence of Hashem but it's a external ray a diminished ray from the Hashem's essence which is still the ha'odah is me'ena atzim the oyed is me'ena ha'moyed the oyed is totally similar to the moyed so therefore it's a ha'odah from, from the essence of Hashem therefore it's literal godliness it's an oyer which was called beforehand within the essence and now become became expressed. So even after all that explanation that this is Yashmian, it's truly, this is still a alikos mamash, this fear of Atil. So if still, it's still a question, still wonders. How can it be created from the ten spheres of Atilis, the creations of Biyah, which feel their own existence, and they even seem diff, um, separate from godliness. And that is the question. So, Basically, the creation of the worlds is through divinity being channeled through the ten spheres of Atsilis, like we proved from the Midrashim. But the question is, it's not understood. The ten spheres of Atsilis are the Kus Mamish, the Oyer, the Keli, is all one with the Eden Safe Mamish. And the worlds of Biyah, they, they feel their own existence. Um, and so how can it be that from the ten spheres of Atsilis, which are literal godliness, that they should be brought about, these entities of Biyah, which are limited which are yesh, which they feel their own existence, and they even seem separate from godliness. So seemingly that's a very, doesn't make any sense. And the way that these worlds are created is a way of yesh in a way which they don't feel their source at all. They're totally separate, totally removed from their source. But here, if the creation is coming directly from the ten spheres, ten spheres are alikus mamish, and therefore whatever they produce should also feel that reality of alikus mamish, even though the ten spheres are created in a way of yesh compared to the compared to the Shem's essence, Chachma is considered yesh. But compared to the lower worlds of Biyah, it's considered Lukus Mamish.
And the, in, besides the fact, the, this idea of Yashmi'ayim is regarding, regarding the Sphiris is just in a way of a Ha'orba Alma. In Oyer, which was Kolobamor, but now was, it came extended out and contracted and condensed. But it's not a true Yashmi'ayim of a new existence which didn't have any existence beforehand. So really, the Yashmi'ayim of the, of the Sphiris doesn't tell you anything that makes the spheres on a level of a yesh that should be able to relate to the yesh of our worlds. So therefore, we're left with the question, how can this reality of the ten spheres of Atzilus, which are still of the Kusmamish, even if you say they're a yesh mi'ayin, how can that bring about a reality which is so opposite from them, the worlds of Biyah? Stop there, middle of page 16, at the beginning of Sif Dalit.